Hello, friends. Have you noticed that you can get caught up in consuming content? Or maybe you notice you are hyper, hyper focused on the doing. Empaths, we often consume. And I know because that was me too, soaking up information from all my favorite teachers and mentors. But it wasn't until I started focusing more on the being and embodiment work that the door to massive clarity was finally unlocked. And I no longer got confused about what was my energy versus everybody else's. I was able to become a more clear channel for creation and as a result, transform my life, business, and health. In fact, my meditation and embodiment practice is what helped me have a nearly $40,000 month this past January, see the highest downloaded month of the podcast, and finally release a lot of unnecessary stress. And my clients felt it and saw it in their lives too. It wasn't reading more articles. It wasn't doing more busy work. So I'm inviting you to graduate from the spongy empath consumer into the self-activated sovereign healer. You can take your podcast listening experience from, ooh, I feel seen, heard, and inspired to, holy shit, I actually feel different. My being has shifted. I am the embodiment of the woman I desire to be. The Third Eye Collective is a simple way to upgrade your experience and commit not only to a meditation practice that complements your healing, but also receive personalized coaching so you can be clear on what direct actions to implement into your highest goals. There are two simple ways to get involved at $11 or $22 a month with no commitment. So if this is calling your name, join this amazing and growing community. Welcome to the Uncensored Empath, a place for us to discuss highly sensitive energy, illness, healing, and transformation. My name is Sarah Small, and I'm a life and success coach for empaths who want to create a thriving body, business, and life. Think of this podcast as your no BS guide to navigating life, health, and entrepreneurship. You'll get straight to the point, totally holistic tips from me in real time as I navigate this healing and growth journey right beside you. This is a Soul Fire production. Today's guest is Nancy Levin. She is a master coach and best selling author of several books, including her latest, Setting Boundaries Will Set You Free. She's also formerly the event director at Hay House for over a decade. In today's conversation, we are going to talk about and teach you how to become a boundary badass by making yourself a priority and setting boundaries that actually stick. Nancy helps us to establish clear and healthy boundaries. And I don't know about you guys, but that's not easy for everyone. Many of us feel like we're pushovers, like we're people pleasers. Like it's really scary to, quote, rock the boat and we avoid conflict in our life. And therefore, we don't set limits and can choose long term unhappiness or settling instead of what is typically just short-term discomfort. So Nancy's going to share with us some exercises and practical tools that can especially help the conflict-averse and people-pleasing listeners uh, how to create new new habits and recognize and take inventory of your boundaries and maybe view your boundaries even in a different way. And I love that we also dive into energetic boundaries because I think those are especially applicable to all of you empaths listening. There's so many fascinating pieces of of this conversation because while boundaries may seem simple, there's actually a lot of nuances and there's even different types of boundaries. 
And Nancy is just the lady to bring on to talk all about setting boundaries that will set you free. So let's dive into today's conversation. Today's episode is sponsored by Beekeepers Naturals. They combine the power of plant adaptogens and sustainably sourced ingredients from the hive, along with obsessive research and testing to create the remedies that support your immune system and provide lots and lots of antioxidants. And in the propolis throat spray, there are over 300 beneficial compounds. I was thinking about this before I just pressed record because today's episode is all about creating healthy boundaries. And it's so much easier to maintain, enforce, uphold healthy, strong boundaries. Stick up for yourself. What's a no? What's a yes for you in your life when you feel good? And so I've been so fortunate to have this in my medicine cabinet that is a completely natural remedy, clean remedy that actually works in supporting my immune system. I just spritz a couple sprays into my mouth throughout the day to continuously have my daily dose of defense when it comes to supporting my immune system or the scratchy throat that's been kind of coming and going for me lately and just supporting a recovery. So we have a little gift for you from Beekeepers Naturals. It is 15% off your first order. Simply go to beekeepersnaturals.com backslash healing uncensored or enter the code healing uncensored at checkout for again your 15% off. That'll all be linked in the show notes as well. So after you listen to today's episode, go over and check out all of their amazing products. All right. Welcome to the show, Nancy. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be here. So I just asked you if you would share the poem at the beginning of your brand new book with us and you graciously said yes. So (laughs) I'd love to start there if you can share with us the anatomy of a boundary. Yes, I'm thrilled to. The anatomy of a boundary. The boundary is the marker where I can no longer be myself, no longer congruent with or authentic to who I am. When I'm about to lose myself, that's the boundary point. And yet, time and time again, we miss it. The disconnection from self that amplifies the way my attention pulls toward you, as if my nervous system is being dragged by a magnet. I have been lost and we are bound. I need to find the rhythm of who I am without you while with you still. The vital recalibration back to me, knowing where I end and you begin. My body and mind rest, restore, and regulate best when I am alone and not satisfying someone else's needs. Slowing down now, I allow myself the rest I have been depriving myself of by overgiving and being on high alert. Time to liberate me instead of rescuing everyone else. Only I can restore my resources. No longer willing to do whatever it takes when whatever it takes comes at such a high cost to me. No longer allowing an old commitment to people pleasing, external validation, and approval to override my commitment to my own truth and authenticity. The patterns we're running won't dissolve by someone else making a change. My boundary is mine to honor. We think our withholds will keep us safe, but revealing is what allows connection and healing. Mm. (sighs) I'm just absorbing all of that right now. 
there were a few lines that really stuck out to me on a personal level. And it was very visual in my mind when you said that the nerve, the nervous system almost like being like dragged by a magnet. magnet. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I was like, Oh, I've felt that before. I've felt that unease, discomfort, yet I very much have played the rescuer, fixer, people pleaser in my life. And I'd love to hear from you, Nancy, what's your personal experience been with boundaries that, that may have inspired you to start talking about this in more detail? Sure. You know, I, like most of us, didn't even know that a boundary was something I was allowed to have. Yeah. And we certainly weren't taught about boundaries and we certainly weren't taught how to set boundaries or how to hold boundaries. And, you know, it really wasn't until I was in the throes of my highly contentious divorce that I set my very first boundary. Mm -hmm. And that was 10 years ago. So I lived most of my life, decades of my life, boundaryless. And in fact, what happens when we are the people pleasers, the peacekeepers, the conflict avoiders, the, you know, the not rock the boaters, the rescuers, the savers, the fixers, Mm -hmm. what's really happening is we're living other referenced lives. So we're living our life in reference to someone else. And we actually have no reference for locating ourselves in the process. And so we're seeking the external validation, we're seeking the applause, we're seeking the approval, and we are overgiving to such a high degree that we have lost sight of even how to bring ourselves into the equation. Mm-hmm. So this is very much what happened for me in my life. I was completely chasing external validation, chasing all the gold stars at work especially. And I was at that time the event director for Hay House Publishing and traveling around the world for you know a dozen years, producing events with the biggest names in the field of self-empowerment. And I got a lot of accolades. I got a lot of approval. I got a lot of validation. But when we're chasing the gold stars, no amount of gold stars will ever be enough to fill the void that we're, that we're experiencing within. And really, ultimately, everything that we're seeking externally needs to be resolved internally first. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I was this powerhouse at work, and yet at home in my marriage that was abusive, that was rageful, that was very difficult scenario for me to be in, especially looking at the the paradox, essentially, of who I was in the outside world and who I Mm -hmm. was inside the house. There was such a contrast. Mm-hmm. I didn't even recognize that I could stand up for myself in any way because I had been I had been pushed down so far and I had pushed myself down so far. Mm-hmm. You know, I really sublimated all my wants and needs and desires in service of all of my husbands at the time. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, in my marriage I essentially disappeared. Mm-hmm. And so when I did not go back after being kicked out of the house for the fifth time, the house I bought and paid for, when I did not go back the fifth time, that was really the first life-altering boundary that I set that would change the trajectory of everything that has followed. Yeah. And so, you know, the important piece here is, is understanding that because 
most of us don't even know that we're allowed to have these boundaries. We, we really take ourselves out of the equation of our lives. Mm-hmm. And so the invitation here is to really bring ourselves back in. Yeah. And in your book, you mentioned that many of us who struggle with setting and maintaining boundaries are also struggling with codependence. Yes. Can you explain that to us? Absolutely. So first, I'd like to define boundaries the way that, the way that I talk about them, the way that I work with them. So a boundary is a limit that we set around what we will or will not do, accept, or tolerate. Mm-hmm. So our boundaries are ours. There, you know, there might be some sort of global boundaries, but we all have our own individual boundaries and what, what's okay for me might not be for you and vice versa. So our boundaries are ours. And it's really at the baseline, what's okay for me and what's not okay for me. And what I'll say here before I go into the codependency piece is that our boundaries are ours to maintain. So the biggest myth about boundaries is that someone else is crossing them. Mm. I hear from my clients all the time, I set a boundary, but he or she keeps crossing it. And it's really important from the get-go to recognize if your boundary is being crossed, you're crossing it or you're enabling it or allowing it to be crossed because it's one thing to set the boundary. It's a whole other ball game to actually hold it in place. Yeah. And it's up to us to hold it in place. Mm-hmm. So a boundary is really about what's okay and not okay for us and what we're going to do mm-hmm. to honor ourselves in the process. Mm-hmm. And so the more we can keep it over here on us, the more healthy we mm-hmm. are in, the, in this conversation about boundaries. So codependency I define as looking for someone outside of us to regulate us emotionally. Mm-hmm. So this shows up when we're in that mind loop of what do I need to do or say to make everything be okay? Mm-hmm. You know, what do I need to do or say to make everything be okay? This is when we walk on eggshells. This is when we take someone else's temperature before our own. Mm-hmm. Or like I often say, we want to check someone else's weather before we know our own weather. Mm-hmm. And then this is when we mood match. We see someone else's mood and we think we have to match them in that mood, that it's not okay to feel happy if someone else is feeling sad. Yeah. And all of this is the way codependency comes out. And so what happens here is another piece of boundar- another piece of the definition of boundaries is really the delineation between where I end and you begin. Mm-hmm. So when we're codependent, we're actually crossing the border into someone else's territory. And we're trying to manage their experience, trying to manage their emotions. And we're trying to manage ourselves in relationship to another person. Yeah. So with, the, with this book, with Setting Boundaries Will Set You Free, I'm really sharing the ways that we actually can retract mm-hmm. and pull back and regain and reclaim our own autonomy and sovereignty mm-hmm. by locating ourselves first. 
Yeah. I'm really glad you brought up that we often cross our own boundaries first yes. as well. Yes. And yes. Uh, just so that people can see an example, I was noticing you, you were saying when you were sharing your own heartfelt story that like you got kicked out of the house five times and it's almost like, well, after that first time you came back. So it's like teaching him that you're going to come back even if of he course, does that. That's right. Like the second time, oh, she'll come back. And she does. Yep. Third time, yep. she'll come back. And then the fifth time is like, wait, no. I'm yep. standing up for myself and I'm not coming back. And that's teaching, that's actually enforcing the boundary. Is, is that right? That's, yes. And, and that's why I'm saying it's up to us to enforce the boundary. Mm -hmm. that, that It's up to us to enforce the boundary that we are setting by what we will or will not do. Yeah. Tolerate. Or tolerate. Because, right. Because ultimately, most of us have lived our lives, unfortunately, tolerating the intolerable mm -hmm. and accepting the unacceptable. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to keep the status quo. We're trying to keep the peace. But here's the thing. Most of us have this idea that the goal of a relationship, any kind of relationship, a partnership, a, a marriage, a business relationship, your mother, whoever, most of us have this idea that the goal of a relationship is harmony at all cost. Yeah. And so we do whatever it takes to keep the peace. Mm -hmm. But doing whatever it takes takes a really high toll on us and we disappear in the process of doing whatever it takes. Yeah. To me, it's almost like I've been there and I've, I've crossed my own boundaries too many times, especially in, in romantic relationships. Mm -hmm. And it often feels like you're letting yourself be this punching bag of like, mm -hmm. Oh, well, I don't want to stir the pot. Or like you right. said, like, I don't want to rock the boat right. and I don't want to piss him off. And like some love is better than no love almost. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, especially for me, the big thing was in my marriage, you know, I had, I really had projected this image of perfection to the world. I had presented us as the perfect couple. Mm -hmm. So there was, and I was really also managing everyone else's perception of us, really giving them a narrow lens to see us through. Mm -hmm. And no one knew what was going on behind closed doors. And I didn't share the truth with a soul. And we were married for 18 years. Yeah. And so when all hell broke loose and really my, my marriage blew up, there was such a reckoning in me of being able to be with my own truth mm -hmm. and then being able to share the truth. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the bottom line here is that when we don't tell the truth to ourselves, the truth is going to come out sideways. Mm -hmm. It's going to come out in self-destruction. It's going to come out in self-sabotage. It's going to come out in illness. Mm -hmm. It's going to come out. Yeah. And so we have to also look at the ways that we're creating chaos in our lives to avoid that truth. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I feel that so deeply. And I, there is, I'm sure you've experienced this as well, some discomfort in the setting and not just mm -hmm. setting, but maintaining of a boundary. And I don't, this is a drastic example for some reason. That's the one coming to my head right now, but mm -hmm. I had a toxic relationship at the end of um, college and the guy I was seeing would, whenever I threatened to leave or break up with him because it was a toxic relationship, he would threaten suicide. And it was like, this constant, oh, okay, no, I don't know. Like, yeah. like I still love you. And I would just break, mm -hmm. I would let him right back in. He knew exactly mm -hmm. how to get back into my right. corner. 
And when I finally broke that relationship off, there was so much fear that he may hurt himself or like that, that like I was going to, the pain that I was going to be in, et cetera. And it was so hard to actually maintain that boundary. And it was so uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Now, this is over 10 years later, I can go, oh my God, thank God I did that. But at the time it was very uncomfortable. Can you talk about the discomfort of actually withholding your boundaries and standing up for yourself? Yeah. I mean, you know, and even using, you know, with your example, the truth of the matter is that when you, when you share what's true for you, someone else's response is not your responsibility. Mm. So whether he was suicidal or not, Mm -hmm. it's not yours. Mm -hmm. And this is what I'm talking about, about when we're so codependent and we're so other referenced, we don't see the borderline between us and someone else. And we go right into their territory and think that we have to take 100% responsibility for their experience as well. Mm -hmm. And here's the kicker. We think we can. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was like, oh, I can save you. I can save you. you. Uh (laughs) I can save you. Yeah. I mean, I've been there. You know, I mean, that was what, you know, I often say on the day that I met my now ex-husband on the day we met, it was as if he said to me, hi, I'm broken. And I said, well, great. I'm superwoman. I will fix you. Yes. And, you know, all of our core wounds were a match made in heaven and that's what happens. Mm -hmm. And so we, we need to be willing to sit with the short-term discomfort so that we don't need to be with the long-term resentment. Mm Mm-hmm. And the fear of extracting ourselves from a, from a relationship like that, mm-hmm. it was very much like that when I left my marriage. Mm-hmm. You know, he was, he went, you know, he went crazy. Yeah. You know, similar things, mm-hmm. threats. There was ultimately a restraining order I had to put in place that I don't really talk about very often. But, you know, it was, it was extreme. It was an extreme circumstance I was yeah. in. And, and I, ha- I knew that I was the only one who could make the change in my life that needed to be made. And that's true for all of us. Yeah. No one else can make that change for us. And I'm speaking from my lens of the world, but I'm curious if you can relate to this, Nancy, in that when I actually left and, and enforced my boundary, that was actually the best thing for him too. It was, it was what was best for both of us. Like, it became this codependent relationship. And while I thought I was like doing the worst thing in the world to him and all the pain that I was experiencing in stepping away and leaving, in retrospect, I look back and I'm like, we both actually needed this. And I think that's also what helped me be okay with that decision long-term. This is, I haven't actually dug into the story in so long. It was like 10 years ago, but it's coming up so strong right now. Uh, and it just feels like ultimately that was what was best for both parties, even if in the short term there was pain on both sides. Yeah. I mean, I think that it's tricky when we go into that reasoning because Mm -hmm. it's still the way that it keeps us rationalizing or justifying and keeping the other person, Mm -hmm. uh, keeping the other person as a priority. Like it doesn't have to be the best thing that's right for them. Right. It can be, it can end up being the choice that is best for both of you. But when you enforce your boundary, it only needs to be what's best for you. It only needs, 
That's right. It only needs to be what's best for you, regardless of what's best for the other person. Mm -hmm. But what I will say that when you're in your truth, your relationships become more true. Mm -hmm. So you, you know, you also want to look at like the ways that perhaps up till now you've been, you know, the ways in which you've been packaging yourself to be digestible to someone else Mm -hmm. or really also taking inventory of like, what does it take for me to stay in this relationship? Mm -hmm. Like, what am I actually having to do in order to stay? Yeah. And then looking at that, recognizing that if I do what's right for me, Mm -hmm. it's ultimately, it is ultimately best for everyone because I'm showing up true. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of where I was getting is like, because I enforced a boundary and did what was best for me, like it didn't feed into me, like being that people pleaser, being right. showing up in a way that was uh, enabling, et cetera. And no, it's that- a radical step. It's a radical yeah. step. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, if you can do that, what, what else can you do? What yeah. can you do next? It does help build that confidence of like, oh, Mm -hmm. I can say no Mm -hmm. and I'm not a bitch for saying no. And like, I'm allowed to say no as much as I want in my life. Yes. And that this is a huge piece that I work with people around this whole saying no concept Mm -hmm. because we're so programmed to say yes, that it's like a knee jerk response. When a direct request comes in, we just go right into the yes. And so I often tell my clients you, if you can say no right away, say no. Mm -hmm. If you can't say no right away, you need to tell the other person you'll get back to them tomorrow Mm -hmm. because we need to build in the space to actually find out if it's an authentic yes. Mm -hmm. And if the yes is coming from obligation or responsibility or fear of someone else being disappointed or angry, or we want to show up as the hero and the fixer and the saver, You know, all of those are no. Mm -hmm. So yes is really only about desire. Mm -hmm. And the other thing about the no is really understanding that we can say no with grace and gratitude. We don't need to say it with guilt and excuses and apologies because usually we lead with like, I'm so sorry. But we can simply say, thanks for thinking of me. I'm not available. Yeah. You know, we can, we can lead, we can just go in with the gratitude instead of the apology and instead of making up a whole story and a song and a dance, <laughs> yeah, which is what most people do too. Right. Yeah. All the reasons why they can't, right. they're so sorry. Right. And like the example you just said of thanks for thinking of me, um, but I can't this time or, or whatever, like that there has a whole different energy to that. It has a whole different frequency when you share, that is your response back that I think both parties can feel really good about. Again, it's really about how you feel, but it's, it, it's honest and it allows you to say no and not have like, what's the saying? It's like, no is a complete sentence. And, Mm -hmm. and you don't have to always be explaining yourself and creating this whole story around all the reasons why you can't and instead just no, or this isn't an alignment for me. I mean, I had a coaching call yesterday with a client who it's, I mean, about canceling a trip, Mm -hmm. you know, and given, you know, the circumstances that we're in right now around travel. Mm -hmm. And she was so worried about what the other person was going to think about the canceling the trip. Yeah. More concerned with the other person mm-hmm. than herself and her own feelings of safety and well-being. 
Right. And so the real invitation here is threefold. Mm -hmm. First, are you willing to consider yourself and your needs at least as much as you've been considering everyone else? You know, at least as much. Mm -hmm. Then it's, are you willing to consider yourself more than Mm -hmm. you're considering everyone else? And then really the real sort of boundary ninja move here is, are you willing to consider yourself first before you consider everyone else? So check in here first, instead of taking all the temperature out there. Mm -hmm. What do I want? What do I need? What do I think? And check in here first. And I think that that is something that so many people struggle with because Mm -hmm. of something I, I saw in your book, which is the reason we often don't set boundaries is in our subconscious mind. And you mentioned before that oftentimes we do try to package ourselves up into the perfect package Mm -hmm. for other people. And it might even seem like, I don't know any other way. That is just like almost who I am. Yet I think what we can uncover is that that's just a program in the subconscious mind that can be changed. It's not permanent. Absolutely. And it is based on beliefs and it's based on commitments from childhood about the way that, about the way the world works Mm -hmm. and our role within it. Yeah. And, you know, much of the work I do with my coaching clients is around reorienting towards self instead of instead of the outer reference. Mm-hmm. So really it's like, I think of it like, you know, a night stadium with those giant lights, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, right now we have those giant lights out on everybody else. And it's like, yeah. what happens when we turn these lights back on ourselves, put our mm-hmm. attention on ourselves first, even when it comes to the most basic, small things. I mean, mm-hmm. one of the exercises I give my clients out of the gate is, you know, one of the most common responses to, hey, where do you want to go to dinner tonight is, I don't care. Where do you want to go? Yeah. Right? That's how 99% of us respond. I don't care. Where do you want to go? Mm-hmm. To even start with the response to that being, huh, let me actually check in with myself and see what I'm in the mood for. Yeah. Huh, I want sushi tonight. Mm-hmm. And to name it. Now, we might not go for sushi tonight because for all I know, you're allergic to fish, you know, (laughs) but at least I've said what I want. So the resentment rising Mm -hmm. will be less Mm -hmm. because the resentment rises when we abandon ourselves. That's so true. Oh my Mm -hmm. gosh. Yeah. Yeah. The more we, yeah, the more we abandon ourselves, the resentment rises. Like you said, it's like that someone else, that knee jerk reaction of Mm -hmm. like, yes, yes, yes. And then you're like, wait, I said yes before I even asked myself, how do I actually right. feel about this? Right. I don't want to do that. But now I've already said yes, because it was such an immediate reaction. That's right. And now I'm go- likely going to be resentful right. that I have to go do that. Right. And then we're all in that position. We've all been in the position of saying yes and then thinking, how the hell am I going to get out of this? Yeah. Or we see it sitting on our calendar like a lump. And each day that we inch toward it, we're dreading it. Mm -hmm. So how do we actually bring ourselves into the equation and consider our needs Mm -hmm. and our wants and our desires Mm -hmm. first so that we make the choices that are in alignment with our truth? Yeah. Otherwise, here's the deal. Otherwise, we're just presenting a persona that isn't honest. Mm -hmm. We're essentially lying. I mean, each 
each time we say yes, when we want to say no, it's a lie. Yeah. And it's almost, maybe this is a harsh way of saying it, but it's like a, it's at least a mini betrayal of yourself, right? Always. Yes. Anytime we are, anytime that we are dishonest, it's a betrayal of ourselves first and foremost, Mm -hmm. even if someone else is involved. Yeah. And I mean, that adds up and it starts to not feel good. Uh It does. You also, Nancy, talk about the different, we talked about what a boundary is, but you also Mm -hmm. talk about types of boundaries in the Mm -hmm. book. For example, I think one of them was an emotional boundary. And I think that would be really good to paint a picture for the listeners to understand, Mm -hmm. you know, we've talked about saying yes or no to commitments, uh, what's okay with you, what's not okay with you in a relationship, but what are other types of boundaries that, that do show up in all of our lives? Yeah. So, I mean, there's physical boundaries, there's emotional boundaries, there's energetic boundaries, there's material boundaries. You know, we can, we can certainly have, you know, so physical boundaries really about, you know, if someone's coming in for a hug and I'm not comfortable with that Mm -hmm. to really be able to let someone know, you know, I'm not a hugger. Yeah. So I teach, I teach yoga. I've been teaching yoga for 10 years, just part-time. And that's something that became apparent to me so quickly. Yeah. you have to respect that physical boundary. And so now we even have like these little cards that people put on their mats that are like, yes, please like touch me and, and help yes. me. And, like, yeah. make, like, you know, push on my hips when, right. when I'm in child's pose and other people, for whatever reason, I don't need to know the reason, no. but not want to be touched. And, and it's yep. so important to me to respect that boundary. Yes. Yes. So that, that's a great example of a physical boundary, right? Don't come in for an adjustment with me. Right. Yeah. And then, you know, mm -hmm. and And then, then, you know, even like mental boundaries, the boundaries around what we are choosing to think, Mm. you know, we do have control over our thoughts. And as my dear Louise Hay used to always say, don't think the thoughts that scare you. And we actually can choose what thoughts we want to think. We don't think we have control, but we do. Mm -hmm. So we can also create boundaries that way. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, spatial boundaries, you know, some people whether it's about claustrophobia or it's about being an introvert or whatever we want to say, some people are not comfortable in crowds. Some people aren't yeah. comfortable if people are too close, mm-hmm. you know, and to be able to really recognize I'm actually a person who is not comfortable with this, with, with not enough distance between me and another person, mm-hmm. you know, things like that it can also be, you know, material boundaries, even in terms of, th- you know, I'm clear about not loaning money Mm. or I'm clear about, you know, what, again, it's coming back to the, what will I, what am I okay with? What am I not okay with Mm -hmm. in different categories? And so that reminds me of, uh, like when I was in college and all my girlfriends and I would share clothes and is it okay Mm -hmm. to just go into your friend's closet or your sister's closet? Cause I have younger sister as well. And is it okay to borrow clothes from each other? Or do you say like, no, you need to ask me first or only these clothes or that's a special shirt and you're not allowed to wear that. And so, I mean, that's, you know, that's what comes up in terms of, okay, let's have a conversation about this, Mm -hmm. you know? I'm cool with you coming into my closet to borrow clothes. Here mm-hmm. are the five items that, yeah. that are off limits. Yes. And then you know? now, now that person knows and there's, it, it's like, it's much more black and white around what's okay with you, what's not okay with you versus even the other person having to kind of tiptoe in that gray area. Right. Of like, is Sarah going to be okay with this? I don't know because the boundary is not clear. Right. And so when we set boundaries with other people, 
So first of all, let me say, my boundaries are between me and me, even mm-hmm. if they involve you. Right. Right? So I may choose to verbalize or not verbalize a boundary because ultimately, whether I verbalize it or not, I'm the one who needs to uphold it. Right. So the other piece is that if we choose to verbalize the boundary, we're giving, piece, we're giving people pieces of our puzzle. Mm-hmm. We're giving them access to our operating manual and then they can calibrate. Right. One of the reasons I find that people don't set boundaries is they don't know what to say. Yeah. And so what happens most often is a boundary comes out as you always, you never, you can't, uh, you know, why don't you, I need you to, you have to, right? So that's often the way people start throwing a boundary. And I really teach that a boundary is expressed from the I. So, you know, I feel X when you do Y. -hmm. So in order to take care of myself, I'm going to do Z. Yeah. You know, I feel uncomfortable when you have more than two drinks when we're at a party. Mm -hmm. So tonight when we go out, I'm just letting you know that if you have more than two drinks, for me to take care of myself, I'm going to get my own ride home. Yeah. And that's so different than you can't have more than two drinks right. and you're pointing right. the finger at right. somebody. Hey, right. I, this is how that makes me feel. And this is how right. I will likely respond to if you do that. Now, you right. know. Because a boundary is not about someone else needing to change their behavior. Right. A boundary is about me taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing though. I can't verbalize that boundary unless I'm going to go home on my own that night. Yeah. Because otherwise it's the little girl who cries wolf. Mm-hmm. And we are teaching people how to treat us. And we're telling people, I'm not serious. Right. I don't actually stand by my word. Mm-hmm. So if we're going to verbalize a boundary like that, we need, to be, we need to be prepared to put our money where our mouth is. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. This is, this is what moves us out of blaming and victimhood mm-hmm. into responsibility and empowerment by being able to see that it's mine. Yeah. And I've, I've had so many clients come to me that I've worked with one-on-one and said, I know what my boundaries are. I say my boundaries to whoever, their mom, their dad, mm-hmm. their partner, but I never actually follow through. Right. And that's where it's not, to me, it's not a complete boundary then. It, it's, you're not enforcing it. And so- right. I, I don't know if I have the perfect answer to coach that person through boundaries are not my expertise, but, uh, I get the question a lot around Sarah, what do I do if I've been saying this is not okay with me for so long, but then not actually following up and doing anything about it when that person does it anyways. So it's almost like they have to come. It's like a restart, a fresh start. And you got to step, you got to start standing up for yourself, girl. Right. I mean, so this is the whole thing about setting boundaries that stick and the boundaries are only going to stick if I honor myself, because what's happening is we're further being codependent in expecting someone else to honor us and respect us when we don't respect or honor ourselves. Yeah. So the, you know, the answer to this question is really, what are you willing to do to honor yourself when this behavior happens again? Mm-hmm. And again, it's not about the other person's behavior changing. Mm-hmm. 
but what are you willing to do to honor yourself in the process? And it's never, it's never too late to start creating boundaries. No, never too late. Yeah. I didn't start till I was 45. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> never uh, too late. So a lot of my listeners are also identify as empaths or mm-hmm. energetically yeah. sensitive, yeah. highly sensitive people. Yeah. And so I think it, it, we, we really need to bring up at least a little bit energetic boundaries because this is something that a lot of people do also come to me and ask mm-hmm. about and they feel like they're taking on the energy of the world and almost this like energetic assault on, mm-hmm. on them. And so I know because you've spent so many years with Hay House, you're very familiar with the energy and the spiritual realm. Uh, And I'd love to hear your take on boundaries as an empath as far as the energy goes. Yes. So I'm really glad you asked this because, you know, it is taking in all of that energy is a way we cross our boundary. It is a way we cross that borderline between me and you. It is a way we go into someone else's territory. There's a time and a place. You know, I've talked to many of my friends who are mediums and intuitives and many of my friends who are empathic healers. And what really needs to be learned is how to turn it on and turn it off, not to just leave the faucet running all the time. Mm-hmm. And, that, and to also know about, you know, clearing ourselves and checking in, is this mine or is this yours? Yeah. Is this mine or did I, am I carrying this over from the last session I did with a client mm-hmm. and getting familiar with the practices that ground you, that clear you mm-hmm. and so that you can stay present to your own energy and not be absorbing and carrying someone else's. Yeah. And when people do come to me and they feel like assaulted by energy, mm-hmm. there's all these energy vampires in their life. I get that we don't learn this in school. Like no one teaches you how to protect your energy in school. And so it may not be something that we in- inherently are born with that skill set or are taught that skill set, but you can learn that skill set and you can, it may not seem like it in the moment that you can turn that on and off or you are, are even allowed to not let people's energy into your space, but you can learn that. Yeah. And I will say, so Christian Northrup, Hay House author who wrote the book, Dodging Energy Vampires, wrote the foreword to Setting Boundaries Will Set You Free. Cool. And she told me when she read the book, she's like, this really is the prescription for the empaths. Nice. Because the energy vampires, the reason energy vampires, I want to say it the right way, But it's like the energy vampire and the empath together are what are what enable each other to stay in their roles. That's often the the codependent relationship. That that is exactly the codependent relationship. So it's the empath and the narcissist, Mm -hmm. or however you want to name it. Yep. But when the empath begins to heal and is no longer available to the energy vampire or narcissist, Mm -hmm. everything changes but it is the empath's work. Mm-hmm. So um, this book is what she literally said. This is the prescription for the empaths mm-hmm. who are dealing with energy vampires. I think so many of us need these tools because mm-hmm. maybe we haven't found anywhere else in our life where they've been right. taught or offered. And a lot of empaths I talk to 
are feel like they are a magnet to those people in their life and yeah just don't have the vocabulary the tools yep. the understanding of how not to be that mag that's right and but yeah this is encouragement to everyone listening that you can absolutely learn these tools and it's also not as complicated as it may seem like boundaries are there's a lot of ways to talk about them and there's nuances of course but reading a book like yours, Nancy, and, and then implementing the work is not overly complicated. Anyone can do it. Anyone can do it. And the other thing that I really want to, I want to convey is that, you know, most of us relate to boundaries as being, you know, is the way that we're keeping something out or that we're, you know, we're, we're closing ourselves in. Mm. But I also want to say that, I, that boundaries are not just sort of restrictive or constrictive. Boundaries are very expansive mm -hmm. in that with the boundaries that we're setting, we are also determining and carefully choosing and consciously curating what we want to have in our lives. So there's that expansive aspect of it as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the other thing I would say here is that we really want to check in around being willing, like I was saying before, being willing to really consider ourselves. Yeah. And something that often comes up here, and I'll just name it because it sort of popped in my head when you were talking before, is this whole idea of, you know, well, isn't this selfish? Yeah. And I am on my soapbox to reclaim selfishness because the way I see it, selfish, self-love, and self-care are three sisters whose job it is to support us in honoring ourselves and so many of us who identify as empaths have disowned selfishness to such a degree that we go all the way to selfless and in selfless we vanish. So we really need to see that we need to bring ourselves back into the equation. Mm. I want everyone to like push the 30 second rewind and listen <laughs> to that again. Yeah. Yeah, because that is so important. It is because this, this reclaiming selfishness is really about I, what I was saying before. Like I'm willing to bring myself in and consider because here's another piece I'll, I'll sort of lay out here. We also really need to look at the ways in which we have been, we have been validating our own worth and, and value mm -hmm. by what we do give and achieve and produce. So the more we do, the more value we feel we have, the more worthy we feel we have. So we also need yeah. to stop attaching our worthiness to someone else's wagon. All of this is about being able to come back home to ourselves. Yeah. And just, you are inherently worthy. It is your, mm -hmm. your birthright. Yeah, birthright. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really, really beautiful place to, to start to come to a close, but I do want to open it back up to you, Nancy, to just see if there's anything else or any takeaways, reminders, tips that you'd love to share with the audience today. To me, it always will come down to the foundation of truth-telling and choice. So how, truth, how truthful am I willing to be with myself and how in alignment with my truth am I willing to make my choices be? Because the way I see it is where, where I am, where you are, where everyone listening is right now in this moment, it is the culmination of all of our choices, 
our actions, our decisions we've made up until now. And so if we don't make a different choice, if we don't do something different, our future arrives looking very much like our past and our present. So I really look at our present moment choice as our crystal ball. The present moment choice predicts our future. Mm. So in every moment we have a choice and we can make the choices that are in alignment with our truth. And then that is how the courage and the confidence gets cultivated. Mm. Thank you. Thank you so much. So your new book is called Setting Boundaries Will Set You Free. Where can people find it and connect with you? Um, you can find the book anywhere books are sold. It's available in hardcover, ebook, and audiobook. And it's me. It's me on the audiobook. And uh, my website is nancylevin.com. And I also have on my website a free checklist uh, called uh, Your Boundary Badass Quick Tip Checklist. Mm. And you can get it at nancylevin.com slash checklist. Amazing. Yeah, yeah I, I love um, in some of your, your texts, there was this, this term of a, being a boundary badass. badass. I, I, yes. I, I hope that everyone is inspired to, to be just that today after listening to all the guidance you provided for us. And Go out and be be a boundary badass in all of your lives. Nancy, thank you again so much for being on the show. Thank you. As always, thank you so much for tuning in and just a loving reminder to take a pause today to feel into your body and scan what energy you're taking on, what's yours, what's not yours to be carrying during this time. And to get really clear on the boundaries that you want to create for your life. If there is anything I can do to support you during this time, please don't hesitate to reach out. You can always find me in my DMs at The Uncensored Empath or send me a personal email. It's Sarah with an H at TheUncensoredEmpath.com. Hope to talk to you guys soon and see you on the next episode. 